0: Hey YouTube, it's Dimitri, and today we're going to talk about the joy of startups. So I've had so many probably fairly negative videos here talking about, you know, accepting failures or maybe it's coming up that episode. Um, I've also talked about, you know, management and try to get you guys some learning experiences here. But there's a lot of videos talking about the horrors of a startup. And I think the reason I focus so much on the horrors is that you don't really realize how bad things can really get until you've been in that situation. Right. And I don't know if I mentioned it in past videos, but. We had we had a vendor that was just like on our pounding on our door violently, uh, wanting to physically assault us. Our president was in the trailer, he called me to call the police we had the police show up, and it was like complete chaos and meltdown. Uh, they took care of it though, de-escalated. we moved on um, again, there have been some crazy times I' fired employees, had employees you know throw stuff across the room, yelling and screaming, you know furious, you know they're going to you know get me for this, and I've screwed them over and everything but There have been some great times and we're gonna focus on that in today's episode here so one of the best i don't know one of the best things for me is getting the positive feedback and spending time with family so this kind of goes contrary to what i've talked about in the past but working with family can be a complete nightmare and i don't recommend it but some of the best times for me growing up is i mentioned in the first episode you know the king of crap Is i grew up as a kid doing business with my dad so my dad's relationship in mind, you know, the relationship between the two of us here, it's a bit unique compared to what I would consider the average father son relationship here. So, my dad's not huge into sports. I'm not huge into sports. So, I think most father son relationships have bonded over sports, for example. Um, me and my dad, we've bonded over business. Like, our relationship is somewhat in- intertwined into a business concept. So, I remember as a kid <laughs> driving with my dad all over the country, and I really enjoyed it. Um, there's even a story my dad tells all the time i don't remember how old i was but i was fairly young and i wanted to go on this road trip with my dad so my dad would travel across the country and when i mean across the country i mean legitimately in a car across the country uh, not like going one state over we'd go from like washington to colorado or we'd go from like washington to like i don't know new mexico or arizona for example we'd drive all over and see people And I never made, like, the bigger cross-country trucks. My dad went from, like, Washington, Ohio, and, I don't know, other places, Florida, for example, all across the U.S. But anyways, when I was young, I really wanted to go on this trip with him. And so the story goes, basically, I begged him to go, and I begged him to go. And so my dad said, okay, here's the deal. You can go on the trip with me, so you can ride in the car. So, again, this is, like, multi-days, like, 10, 12-hour days of driving. You can go in the car, but you just can't ask, are we there yet? That was kind of the... Morally, right? You, you can't ask that because you know, when you have little kids or when you're young and you're in the car and it's been like, I don't know, two hours, and you're like, all right, are we there yet? Right? We've been here, it seems like forever as a child. And then you know, you're there for like six hours, seven hours, eight hours. Like, we've got to be there. Are we there yet? But I asked my dad, I said, okay, I promise I will not ask when we go. And I went on this trip and I didn't ask. And I think from that point forward, that was kind of where it all started off as me kind of starting this, you know, fun childhood career of going to sell toilets across the country with my dad. And it was just a lot of fun spending time with my dad. We have so many stories about, you know, staying in super, super nice hotels. So again, we weren't flashing and trying to spend money, but a lot of times you'd go to conventions and that was kind of the package deal with the convention. You end up in a really nice room. Like I remember one of them we had in California, it had a downstairs and an upstairs and it had like a boardroom in it. So I had like a table and like a whiteboard and everything built in. And then upstairs there like, was like the bedroom and there was like a, you know, telephone in the bathroom and it was good times. But then we also bonded over those really crappy, you know, hotel rooms. I remember staying in one and it was like, there was like mold and like stuff on the walls in the shower and mildew. It was filthy. There was like holes burnt into the carpet. It smelled terrible. It was just like a real rickety rain down place. But at the end of the day, when you're kind of driving across country, right, um, sometimes there's not much else available, right? You get to where you're at. There might be 100 miles to another hotel, right? You don't want to drive 100 miles out of your way to go stay somewhere and come back. Or maybe it's 3, 4 in the morning. And again, we've driven basically all night to get somewhere. And you have to stop and stay somewhere. So there are some good times. There are some bad times with hotels. But kind of these stories of bonding over these the other fun parts again from the startup perspective and working on entrepreneurship as i became an adult um it was great my dad tells the story again one of his best moments you know going to conventions is my dad always had to go to the conventions with other salespeople when he worked at other firms and i would go as a kid as well it was kind of fun we went to one in la once and we went to disneyland afterwards and you know we made it a fun trip but when we were adults and going through this my dad always had to set up the booth by himself in the past And so we went to an event and like, I was already, you know, I'm in charge of marketing. I have all of our pictures printed, you know, they're laminated. I got the booth. And so we went down and I believe it was the show in Ohio and Columbus. I think that was the show. But it was good for my dad because I went and I was like, I got this all taken care of. I'll just set it all up. It's not a big deal. And so my dad talks about how excited he was because when he went, he had to babysit all the other salespeople. But for this opportunity and this project, I just... I took over, I knew everything. I could handle customers, vendors, accounts, you know, everything under the sun. So I just took over. My dad actually was able to enjoy going into the other booths and talking to the other people. And then of course he came back to our booth and like everything's set up and we're ready to roll. And so these are kind of these times that you're just not gonna get at a big corporation. Um, again, as I mentioned, for me, it's my job, that whole entrepreneurship is really tied into my relationship with my dad. As my dad was the president of the company and I worked for him. And so we built a lot of like interesting dynamics. So for example, I'm not afraid to tell my dad, you're stupid. And so like, we'll even be somewhere and I'm talking to my dad and my dad says, you know, this, this, and this, and we're gonna just go, dad's a dumb idea. Like, why are you being so stupid? And so sometimes we joke and we call my dad Stu because it's short for stupid. Uh, And people like get very offended had people that were like shocked and appalled. And often my dad has to explain like, that's just how our relationships work (laughs) between us. I'm honest with my dad, my dad's honest with me. And working in this environment, it was so relieving, especially looking back now, working in like the banking, you know, kind of arena and industry and quant finance. I don't like being censored, I absolutely hate it. So many of you probably don't know because I'm so, so careful on my YouTube channel, my podcast, I have to filter every single thing I say. Okay, so in my mind, I spend probably 90% of my mental capacity having to filter and make sure I don't say something like, you know, these people are dumb or these people aren't doing things correctly. But working at a startup, one of the biggest joys, especially working with my dad on this, and I could see this also from a startup in general, being honest and just saying like, this sucks or you're being dumb or this doesn't work. And let me explain exactly why and not having to sugarcoat things makes it a lot easier and a lot more productive. Okay, people don't realize this, and I give a huge thumbs down to all the HR staff, you know, nationwide and the nonsense we're going through these days with political correctness and all kinds of other issues I'm not gonna get into so I don't get in too much trouble on this uh, episode here, but right, being able to just openly and combatively go through like this is the problem, and then no, this is not the problem, and really getting into those nitty gritty details and really trying to get an actual solution because at the end of the day, it impacts us financially, right? Investors, you know, my dad was an investor. He had a lot of money in this. Um, Again, my job's tied to this, my family's tied to this. Uh, I had some other, one other family member that was tied to this, but a lot of the investors, again, I knew from meetings personally. Like I'd went to the investor meetings, I've met them, I've shook their hands, I've been to their houses, for example, right? Um, One of our investors, big shout out to Lou, I've known him for many years as well because my dad did so much business with him and like, I would just happen to be at the office, for example, or we'd make product for him and he'd buy a ton of stuff for my dad as a customer, but he was also an investor. But having that relationship with my dad and also having the openness at a startup, which I think many startups have, it can be very stressful at times, but I think it's more productive. And I really, Cannot emphasize that enough. The true value of being open and honest with people, it just makes it so you don't have to beat around the bush. Often in businesses and corporations, you see really poor decisions being made purely because people wanna cater to people and they don't wanna hurt their feelings. And we can't say that it's not politically correct. And this person might be up for promotion. So, you know, we have to, not offend them, but we need to kind of get them. It's just, it's too much nonsense. Okay. So, working at a startup, that has been one of the biggest advantages for me and probably the biggest joys. Uh, as I mentioned before, right, working with my dad, there were times where I was super upset at my dad and frustrated because I feel like we're running things in the ground. But again, our relationship is built somewhat on business, right? As a kid, as I mentioned, I travel with him. Throwing a last note here too, we also talked business constantly. My dad was like, why do you think, you know, this company is better than that company? we just sit and chat about it in the car. You know, this company has better this or better that. And so finances were an open discussion as well. But again, having that open conversation in a business, being honest, being upfront. Yes, there are some brutal times, guys, but having that openness is, I think, crucial to actually make a startup function and run. Um, That's why it lasted for so long because we were trying to make decisions, but being open and having those discussions was definitely a key part and something I enjoyed the most in working at a startup. The next piece here is really the learning. So you're not gonna get this anywhere else. And I'll talk about some other pieces as well, but in a startup, like I mentioned, there was no marketing team, right? There was no one to say, Dimitri, you're young, you're fresh out of school, you know, or you're in school. Let me explain how to do marketing X, Y, and Z. You had to really think on your feet and learn how to do it, right? Had to teach myself the analytics. I learned a lot of accounting in school and I, you know, put a big, you know, star on my chest or pat myself on the back with this, but I feel I'm an expert on, what I'm going to call bankruptcy accounting. So I can take books that have been screwed up, records are missing, all kinds of issues, and I can go through them and try to figure out how to patch the gaps, figure out where the mistakes are and really bring it back to something what it actually should be given, you know, gap for example, following these, you know, generally accepted accounting principles. Really bringing it together. But again, I would have never been able to do that. I would have never had those experiences at a young age, right? No one's gonna give that to you. Again, there's no team usually either, right? I didn't have a team on my back to support me, and people like saying, oh, do it this way, do it that way, right? So being able to do all that self learning, I think, is crucial. You will learn things, you'll be put in positions where you can actually try things out. So you think, this is a good idea, I'm really smart, right? And then you do it and you fail. And again, the key here is trying to learn from that mistake and realize, hey, I screwed up, um, I thought this is gonna work out like this because of these reasons, trying to really think it through and say, okay, if I would have done it this way, what would have been the outcome and why? Again, you're not gonna get that at a big corporation. You're typically thrown into this massive layering of corporate nonsensical layers. You get thrown into some sort of you know position, you work yourself up the rungs, By the time you get to the top, even though you've been through this, you're only in one channel. You don't get that breadth of experience and knowledge and expertise across the business. So you're not gonna get that. The other piece that you are gonna miss, so you're gonna miss the expertise from other colleagues. So one advantage of being not in a startup, which I'll point out, is that often it's nice when you start a job right and you don't know quite what to do. You have a senior colleague or a manager that comes in and kind of coaches you and mentors you and shows you how to do things and why you do it and all that. This is why I think it is crucial to go to industry conferences. So I'm not a big fan a lot of times of conferences for a variety of reasons, but it is nice to go to them, to see the presentations, to kind of hear and think through this. So don't just do it because, you know, company X, Y, and Z or some consulting firm said you should do it, think it through. But again, looking at those other ideas, those other perspectives, meeting professionals at these events. So I love going to conferences and meeting people. Again, I'm not super outgoing, so when I actually do meet someone and we kind of connect, it's nice to be able to kind of bounce ideas off them and see what they're doing and kind of get a perspective on it. Uh, it's good. So going to conferences and things it needs to be supplemented I think in a startup because often in a startup, you're kind of like this think tank and often there's not a lot of ideas outside of it. So it's an advantage in the sense that you're gonna learn a ton You're gonna have to Google and research and read textbooks like I do all the time. Um, But at the same time, you need that outside perspective as well to kind of make you well-rounded. And then the final kind of cap here, the joy of working at a startup is going to be somewhat tied to the money. But as many of you know, a small business, we didn't make much money. It was not a big success and all that. But I think it's crucial for startups, right? Some of the joys from it is really seeing kind of the fruit of your labor and so if you make a startup, for example, let's say, I don't know, you make Amazon, like, you know, Bezos does back in the day, and you make all this thing, it's great. You get to really enjoy the rewards of what you've put in, you really get paid out. And also on this, you know, kind of the opposite side of that is when you don't do so well, you get very quick feedback, right? You see the financials, the business is so small, you're tied into it, you know how your performance is going. Uh, but really being able to gain what you put in or get what you, I guess, get, get out what you put in on this, right? That I think is something that is super invaluable. Often in a big corporation, it's hard, and I, I'll admit this myself, I often feel like I'm not making a difference because there's so many layers and so many people, you lose your sense of self-worth in the sense that, at least for career people, right? your, your lives are so tied to your careers, that a lot of times how your work performance impacts how you feel about yourself. But that being said right in a big corporation it's really hard to see how you impact the consumer or the customer you're in product right and so i work in quantitative finance in my my day job now and we're so buried in the back that our models that someone builds so we validate the model that somebody else built that's used by the business to impact the customer is so many steps away i don't see those customers i don't hear their stories often right i've had some experiences where i have and it's pretty exciting to see you know, a model in action and how it works and how we validated it and, you know, all that jazz. But at a startup, you really get to see that hands-on experience, what you put in and what you're getting out. And it was just amazing for me at the startup, right? For actually like we built a product. So I, again, I physically used my hands. I built these things on production and then it worked on the finance and accounting all that support and whatnot. But building the product, seeing it shipped, helping on installations, for example, and then seeing the customer is excited, they're signed off on it, you know, it's got the texture they want, the color they want, it functions, it's in the right spot, everything goes well. When they, go, when they don't go well, it's kind of a pain and it's really disappointing on your end because you realize you somewhat failed, you dropped the ball somewhere. But seeing those successes is something, seeing your product, seeing your work from end to end is something you're just not gonna get at a big corporation. And that kind of wraps up this podcast, right? That's what I really love about working at a startup. There are amazing opportunities out there for startups. Again, you have to brace for it. You have to realize it's super, super risky. Uh, The bigger the risk, typically the bigger the return. But that being said, there's a ton to learn in a startup. I think it's a very, very valuable experience, especially when you're younger. So doing it when you're younger is more important, right? If you're not married, you don't have kids, money coming in and cash flow timing isn't as crucial, but you will learn more than ever. There are parts of it that are terrible. You might have night terrors about it, You know, thinking about people collecting from you, people pounding on your door, suing you and all this. So it's not worth it for many people, but you do learn a lot. There are a lot of good experiences. You will build closer relationships and ties uh, at a startup than you will anywhere else. I can promise you that. And that's what I really like about working at a startup. So thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And as always, until next time.